0: Again, smmarketingsociety.com.
1: Welcome to the Marketing Agency Show, where we explore solutions
2: to the biggest challenges faced by agencies. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me for the Marketing Agency Show, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Brooke Sellis, and this is the show for agency owners and agency marketers. We explore the topics that no one else is talking about. So pull up a seat to the table and let's have a great conversation. Today, I'll be joined by Katie Rudy, who just launched her agency in June of 2023. Also, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow the show so you don't miss any of our future content.
0: I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon. So don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today.
2: Let's transition over to this week's guest, Katie. To help explore the frontier of working at and growing agencies, here is
1: this week's expert guide.
2: Hey, everyone. Today, I am super duper excited to be joined by Katie Rudy. Katie is the founder and chief experience officer of her brand new company, Alchemy Experiences. She's passionate about turning transactional touch points into extraordinary experiences. After 10 plus years working with some of the biggest brands in sports, and Disney and Starbucks. She's now helping organizations connect with customers and employee on a personal and emotional level, which you all know I love so much. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So excited to talk with you because as we've talked about in our past connections, we're really big on the customer experience and in your case, also the employee experience. But First questions first, because you're like three months in just starting your own company.
1: (laughs) You have to tell us what made you take the leap. Two things. I firmly believe in Mark Cuban's quote, don't follow your passion, follow your effort. And one of the things that I loved putting my effort into was event operations, event planning, event experience. So in a previous role, I spent seven years as director of in-game presentation for um, a number of college athletics teams and loved the details, being in the trenches with a team of individuals and making an event come to life in such a visual way that could have such an impact on so many different people. So that is one area of it. The other thing is, is that everybody wants a personalized experience. And there are some really simple ways to do that. It's just not always easy. And I've worked with so many teams that want to find the time, the energy and the effort to be able to make the experience easier, make it a better experience. Um, and I wanted to be that the right hand, the, the clone of themselves that they wish they could have to deliver a better experience, whether it's for their customers, for their fans, for their guests, or even for their fellow employees, kind of combining those two things. That's the kind of genesis of what I want to deliver with Alchemy Experiences. So
2: good. So tell us, what kind of clients are you serving? Are you trying to stay in the sports arena or is it any
1: company or what does that look like for you right now? I'm definitely passionate about sports and entertainment, but I think, you know, everybody looks for an experience no matter where they go. I've talked about there's been experiences I've had at Walgreens that have totally transformed my impression of what a personalized experience can be. So, I think it's anything that anytime you step out of your house, you want to have something that can turn a moment into a memory. And that can be at any organization. So love sports and entertainment. They will always be my first love. But this is something that I want to do for any organization. So what led you to saying there had to be like an aha
2: moment for you at some point? You kind of mentioned Walgreens, and I'm sure there's another bigger story. But what made you decide to niche down into experiences right away. Was there a particular moment or a particular experience that you created or had that that got you here? It's been a lot
1: of the small things. And that's one of the things that I've realized is that to create a first class experience or to create that what I call a little wow, it's a term that we hear a lot, particularly with Disney. So many of the things that are the little wows, the moments that matter, they really don't, cost you anything. They really just have to be something that is intentionally done. And so I wanted to help organizations find ways that they could intentionally deliver experiences in low-cost or no-cost manners that could have a profound experience to make those customers return again and again, to make an employee feel like this is somewhere that I want to come to work every single day. So that was kind of the impetus behind starting my company was how do we find those ways? Because it really is simple to deliver a personalized experience. It's just not always easy. I love that. It's not easy, but making it simpler is,
2: is I think, the best route to success. Because when you think about like rolling out the red carpet for every single customer, it feels scary and not sustainable. So making it easier is such a great way to approach experiences. So with other marketing agencies out there, have you already thought about, I'm sure you have, but have you already thought about how you're going to differentiate yourself and your business from some of the other agencies who might be focusing on creating experiences?
1: Absolutely. I think one of the things that I'm focused on is there are definitely frameworks out there that any company can implement. But what I want to do is work alongside of any company that is putting in a new framework or a new process or a new tool in place and figure out how do you make it work for your organization? So it's not just about, well, this works for Disney or this works for Starbucks. But how do you then take what the root of that core principle is? and apply it to something that is authentic to your organization, fits your brand, something that your employees can deliver. It's one of the things that I learned from my first conversation with you is, you know the Ritz Carlton can give their employees $2,000 to be able to deliver a first class experience. Well, not everybody can do that. So instead take your bar tab concept and use that. What is your bar tab that every single employee could be empowered to deliver a better experience for a fellow employee or for a customer? What is it that you can take from the principle that Ritz Carlton puts into place that can be applied to your organization? And that's one of the things that I want to figure out. And one of the things that I'm offering is How do we adapt it so that it makes sense for your organization? Well,
2: you know, I love that so much. (laughs) But I do agree. I think, you know, if companies really start to think about empowering their frontline, whether that frontline is in, you know, their brick and mortar location, or if it's online through social media or chat or website, or even the people who are at the call center still on the phone or through email, how can you create that bar tab? Right. That allows them to give something away so that the customer feels special. So I'm really excited to continue the conversation. (laughs) But I also want to ask you before we get too far into the fun stuff, because I'm sure some people who are listening or watching would like to know you know, you're a newly established agency and there are always hurdles that we face in the beginning. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the most significant hurdles you might have faced and how you're navigating those right now?
1: I think some of the biggest hurdles is kind of narrowing down exactly what it is that you're offering. And particularly if you're talking about customer experience and employee experience, That is a wide net. So being able to narrow down exactly how to define what a customer experience is or an employee experience into a product that somebody can wrap their head around and wrap around, you know, yes, this is something that I can purchase. Yes, this is something that would fit within my organization. I think that is one of the biggest challenges is figuring out exactly what your product is and does it fit within the market? And, you know, even just the elevator pitch, that 30 seconds of how do you condense what it is that I'm offering? And I think it can be so easy in this early stage to look at individuals that are in the 5 a.m. club and they've got, you know, their whole routine figured out or, you know, you look at some individuals that are a little bit further along and it's okay to remind yourself that you're building something. It's okay to remind yourself that it's a is a is a process coming from the sports industry. I'm definitely the type of person that wants to go. Um, And it can be a slower build, but that's okay. I think just reminding yourself of what you are trying to build, what your mission is, where and that as long as you're building something and working towards that goal every single day, that's a win. I have to remind myself of that constantly. But reminding yourself of where those wins are coming from and staying the course is so important. I couldn't agree
2: more. I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we get in our own way. And we forget to celebrate those wins. Yes. And, you know, we're, we're so busy either fast forwarding on some new visionary thing or dwelling over a mistake that happened that sometimes we are oftentimes, I would even say, we just forget to like sit back, take a breath and like say, hey, I did this today. So I love that advice because that doesn't change. I think from the beginning till now, you still have to sit down and tell yourself like, hey
1: on the back. You did
2: good good job.
1: Exactly. And it can be so easy to get caught up in. Does this email fit my brand? Does this you know, tweet fit my brand? Does this LinkedIn post fit my brand? Like you're trying to create so many things that you think fit your new brand. And this is advice that I still need to follow every single day. I definitely have not mastered it, but you got to ship it. You just got to ship it. Or Joey Coleman taught me this the other day. You just got to Elsa. It. You got to let it go. I love the fact that he's turned Elsa into a bird. <laughs> Um, But this is something that I'm now going to start following is you just got to Elsa it. Um, It's it's not going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. But you just have to accept that sometimes it's just good enough. You just got to get it out there. What is your MVP? I love it. We're just going to Elsa this. Let it go. That's We're such, just going
2: to Elsa this. That's yes. great advice. <laughs> so knowing that you're new, you're I think, I think three months in or so, yes. how are you approaching client acquisition right now? And are there any channels or strategies that you're finding more effective than others?
1: It is a lot of networking. So I'm very fortunate that I am part of a co-working community here in Durham, North Carolina, American Underground. And it has introduced me to, I, it is largely a startup and tech hub community. And that has introduced me to so many other individuals who are in a similar space. Either they're building their own companies or they're a few months ahead of me. So it's wonderful to be in a community that is kind of in the same situation. And there's so many people of, hey, I, I, th- I might be able to help you. Let, let me at least introduce you to this person. So that is one of the best things that I, could recommend for somebody who is starting out is join a community that is willing to help you and at least make an introduction for you. And then the other one I would say is LinkedIn. That is exactly how I got connected with Brooke in the first place. It has introduced me to so many other wonderful people in this space. And especially when you're just starting out, that's where, you know, you can connect with people that have similar viewpoints or similar in- or can introduce you to new insights or challenge you on some of your thought processes and you feel like you have a team even if you are a solopreneur a a one-man band it makes you feel like you are still part of an office environment. So do you actually like do y'all have like strategic meetings where you just kind of get
2: together and put your heads together or is it just kind of like ad hoc like you're you can walk into someone else's office or walk up to their desk and be like hey
1: what did you do when this happened like what does it look like? We have several individuals that offer office hours. We have a once a month community breakfast so largely it's to introduce new members to the space but current members are invited to come and participate in the waffle breakfast. Who doesn't love waffles? And then we have member mixers every single Thursday. So it is an event that takes place that usually they bring in a different theme. So we have celebrated everything from, you know, Women in Business Month. We've had Black History Month. We had some events and had some Black owners that came in to share their businesses with us. So it's an educational piece. It's a fun piece. It's an opportunity for people to connect. Sometimes it's just fun. We had a painting one last week. So. Just having events where you can, you know, kind of let your guard down a little bit and be able to just kind of share with people has been a really valuable resource.
2: It sounds like where you are, this, the co-working space here, and they really have the experiences niche kind of yes. mastered. They are doing such a great job. Did you have something to do with that or is that just happenstance? I've had
1: some conversations with them, but they had a lot of this before I even came on board, so... Shout out to the American Underground community because they do a fantastic job of, of bringing people together. So
2: let's touch on employee experience a little bit because we've all been reading the news and, you know, it was everybody was working from home and then it was returned to office and then it was hybrid. And now, you know, as of late, if you're listening to this in September of 2023 or watching Zoom, Zoom, the people who made work from home kind of popular are saying that their team needs to come back to offices. So Knowing that these employee experiences change a lot, especially with what we're given and what we just went through, how do you look at marketing research to ensure that your strategies are up to date and resonating with your target clients?
1: I think no matter what the market research says, the biggest thing you have to do is ask and ask your employees what they want, what they need, where, how do they do their best work? I think that's one of the trends that we are we we were we were moving towards, and I think we're going a little bit away from that. And, I, and you know, you kind of hate to see it, but you know, individuals figured out that they do their best work from eight pm to twelve am, and you know, it, not everybody can do their best work from nine am to five pm, and that's okay. Some people do prefer to work from home because then they have figured out how to master their day around laundry and throwing a load of laundry in between that five-minute meeting. If they can throw in a load of laundry as opposed to walking to the water cooler and having a five-minute conversation, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think, you know, not everybody wants to work in a, you know, confined office or not everybody likes to work in a collaborative working space. I think it's figuring out what works best for your team. And I know that that's, challenging for some individuals. If you have, uh, you know, thousands upon thousands of coworkers or employees within your organization trying to meet every single person's needs, but at least asking the question and figuring out how can you accommodate some of those things, that's what your team wants. They want to know that you are thinking about them, that you are trying to Figure out who they are as a person, not just as a worker. Okay, so I have a tiny pop quiz for
2: you. So you could tell me if you want to pass on doing it. <laughs> but like if Zoom were your client right now, yeah. what would you say to them? How would you kind of approach this? Like everybody's got to come back to the office
1: mentality. Why? <laughs> I, I mean, that would be my first question. Why? What What is it that you think is changing that you need them back in the office? What are the metrics that you're seeing that are indicating that? So show me show me the research that tells me that they need to be back in the office and then show me what you asked your employees to indicate that they're willing to do that and that they're going to be more productive when they do that. You know, I think so many companies think that if somebody is at their desk from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. that they're doing deep work from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and I'm not necessarily sure that's the case. And I think people have found that they are more productive when they are in their pajama pants or yoga pants and can take a 30-minute walk at lunch as opposed to, you know, sitting at their desk and eating lunch. Like, we need the breaks. We need to be able to walk away from our computers and... One of my favorite things that I've heard is where do you get your best ideas? And, you know, you've heard people shout out, you know, in the car, in the shower. And I've never, ever heard anybody say at my desk, staring at my computer. So you've got to be able to give your people the space to be able to think differently other than staring at their computer. Yeah,
2: I love that you said nobody's ever said at their desk because I think you're right. I don't think I've ever seen anybody say, like, I'm thinking, well, you said shower. I'm like, yep, you said car. I'm like, yep. But then (laughs) I've never heard anybody say, like, some people say working out, but never washing dishes, but never at their desk. No, I totally agree with that. Well, I think Zoom should hire you because (laughs) that was fantastic. I love also that you talked about metrics. So- Spinning off of that just for a quick second, again, let's just use the scenario since we have it. Like what metrics should Zoom be looking at as far as like productivity to figure out whether they should be bringing people back or not? You said ask the employees, right? That's one metric. But also what are some other like productivity metrics you might have them look at if they were your client?
1: I would ask them, what are they trying to achieve? What what do they think that they are not achieving by not having everybody together. I know that there are some research that is looking at, you know, people are lonely working at home or people are, they're feeling more isolated. So is return to the office the only method that you have to be able to solve those things? Or how can you better solve those things? How can you use Zoom to be able to better solve those things? And if you can come up with how to solve those things within your own company, that probably is a product that then you can turn around and sell and offer a lot of other people. So I would think that Zoom should be able to use that as a test case for a new product offering. And so I would look at how else can you connect with people? How else can you use the platform? You know, challenge individuals to come up with new ways to use it. What what are they not thinking of? Like, is it an employee contest to be able to create new games and new features? Are there incentives around those new games and new features? Like, do you get a percentage of the revenue when Zoom turns around and sells that because they realize that it works? Um, I think those are all the types of metrics that Take some small bets as that's one of the things that I love learning from Jesse Cole, the owner of the Savannah Bananas that he always pushes is small bets. Like what are the things that you can test and test again and test again? And if that test doesn't work, then try a different test. But you don't have to go all in on every single initiative all the time. So it does not have to be one or the other. Find some small iterations, find some small pilot programs. Take some other risks before you make that one big jump. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
2: I think, you know, as a category leader, right, Zoom is a category leader in their space. They should be setting the example. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I love your ideas of, you know, let the employees have buy-in because if they have buy-in, then they're probably going to be more likely to be involved to make it better and make it a win for you, a win for them and a win for the customer who uses Zoom. So... Love that strategy.
1: So often you hear these success stories of, you know, Google used to be able to, they have that 80-20 rule that you worked on 80% of the time on Google business, 20% of the time on your own initiatives or passion projects. And that's what led to Gmail. And that's not the only company that does that. There's an Australian financial company indebted that they went to a 32-hour work week. And some of the passion projects have actually led to new business initiatives that has totally transformed the customer experience for the company. So- When you allow individuals to share their passions, to be able to share their ideas, it creates a better, more holistic employee experience that can actually create a better customer experience. That's great advice. So let's shift
2: gears a little bit and I know right now it's just you you just launched a few months ago but I'm sure you're already thinking about how you want to hire and cultivate a team yes that is passionate about creating exceptional experiences so I know you're not there yet but give us just like some foresight into when you're ready to kind of make those hires what you're going to look for in those teammates
1: the biggest thing that I want to look for is someone who can pull from other industries outside of what we're currently working in and figure out how to adapt it. And that's one of the things that I think is most important is everybody says there's no such thing as a new idea, right? You know, most of the ideas are out there. It's how do you turn it and figure out how to make it work for you? That's where you see so many companies. You see airlines that are stealing from restaurants and you see hotels that are stealing from sports and entertainment organizations that everybody is kind of borrowing from different industries, take the core principles of customer experience or employee experience, figure out an angle that works for that organization and figure out how to apply it. I think the biggest thing that I would be looking for is individuals who are passionate about working with people and empathetic and can understand the customer and the customer's needs and find the frameworks that work for that customer as opposed to taking the framework and trying to then force it on the customer in the long run. Yeah, I love that.
2: Are there any tools or technologies, platforms that you have found crucial in your in the early stages of your journey, um, especially because you deal with like a unique niche. I think it's becoming more popular, but I still think it's very unique. So what tools, platforms or other technologies have you found to be like irreplaceable in your new journey?
1: Well, I made a joke last week that um, ChatGPT and Grammarly were like my unofficial teammates that I was writing something, got ChatGPT to give me some ideas, I was going to Grammarly to help edit it, you know, that neither one of them gave me the complete polished product that I was looking for, so I still had to put my own spin on it. But both of those helped me feel like I, I had some teammates, that I had some people to bounce ideas off of. I was no longer just staring at a blank page and trying to come up with the ideas all by myself. It made it feel like I had teammates working on a project with me. So definitely love those two and the capabilities that they offer. I'm a huge Canva fan. Everything that I work on is done in Canva. And then LinkedIn. I mean, the power of LinkedIn and being able to connect with individuals and to be able to share insights and thoughts and to be able to learn. And I've had so many people that are offering me book ideas. And I mean, I learned so much from books and podcasts. So all of those, I mean, I I have Audible, I have Spotify, I have something just got into, I think it's Headspace, Head Start. Headstart with the book summaries. Oh, no, I haven't heard of that one. Headstart. I'll have to look it up. Yes. So they give you like 15 minute summaries of books. And so then you can decide whether that's a book that you really want to read or at least you got, you know, like the Sparknotes version. So all of those just to be able to continue to learn and grow and be able to stay up on the latest trends are the things that I find most valuable. So to me, it sounds like you're really
2: entrenched in research. Do you think this is something that's key to your journey now? Or do you think it's something that is just inherently part of you as someone who likes marketing and experienced marketing?
1: I think it is definitely a part of me. I am one that loves to learn, love to grow. And I I love hearing stories. For me, I'm always looking for stories and how that story can apply to somebody else. From another experience that I had, I was working on on a podcast and being a podcast producer. And so I always try to think of like, what angle would this apply to the specific audience that I was working with? And so that skill set, you know, now it enables me to be able to look at any book, any podcast, and think how could this apply to the industry that I'm working in or, or the industry that I want to work in? And so being able to take the core concepts, again, back to the first principles, and then be able to think about how that applies to what I'm working on and tell a different story those are the things that are most important to me. So since you're in
2: the business of crafting experiences, you must understand. And I again, I just mean you as in the listener, not you, Katie, but you have to really be open and really understand the feedback loop. Right. I think that's one of the most important things when we talk about customer experience CX or employee experience EX. So how are you planning or how are you future planning for setting up those feedback mechanisms to make sure that the the delivery of your service is truly impactful for your clients.
1: I know that there is a lot of emphasis on net promoter scores or surveys. Having worked a lot of the time in the sports industry, I know how much surveys can be impacted by the outcome of the game. Um, The (laughs) hot dogs are a lot colder. The popcorn is a little bit more stale if the outcome did not go your way or everything was fantastic if your team won the game. The biggest thing is walk the space. You know, be in the space with your guests, with your employees, go undercover and ask questions, actually pose as a guest and understand exactly what your guests, your fans, your customers, your employees experience day in and day out. There was a individual, Michael Juergen, who talked about that with Disney is that you cannot possibly understand. You can look at it and see what a 90 minute wait looks like for a ride at Disney. But until you feel what it is like to stand in the 90 degree heat and you're trying to keep your kids entertained in that queue, when one's hungry, one has to go to the bathroom, one needs a drink, all of those types of things, you cannot possibly understand what those guests are going through until you experience it with them. And that is the biggest thing that I think every single organization needs to do is send every person, every single level out to the space and look at. If you're in sports, what is it like to park in the parking lots? What is it like to enter security? What is it like to scan your ticket? What is it like to stand in concessions? Now, I know a lot are moving to cashless and, you know, the grab and go. But what is that like? Do, they, do people know where to go? All of those things you cannot truly understand through survey data. So I, it does sound time consuming, but... You are going to gain so many more insights from that walking that experience, talking to individuals and and getting some more of that anecdotal data that you can maybe back up with surveys that is going to help you better craft your experience.
2: I love your boots on ground approach because I do think that's where a lot of companies miss out. Right. They've got all these wonderful scores that tell them all these things, but it's really very different to get that feedback. Like you're saying, the game. I don't know why I'm surprised, but I was surprised when you said, well, the outcome of the game makes the popcorn (laughs) more stale or the lines (laughs) were longer, right? But that makes total sense because the game is the overall part of that customer's experience. I also love that you said, go shop your own brand. We actually recently created a social media mystery shop for the same reasons you just said. Yes. We wanna go shop these brands and find out, are you really doing what you think you're doing? Because you have to understand the experience from outside of the bubble, right? Or outside of the NPS promoter scores, CAS numbers, all of that stuff. So I I just really love that advice. So while it's still early days, I understand, how do you envision scaling your agency? And do you see a shift in focus to expand into other areas? Are you really going to try to keep it to customer experience and employee experience?
1: For right now, I foresee staying in customer experience and employee experience. I mean, both of those are rather large umbrellas. One of the things that I'm really focused on is really trying to narrow that down into four major steps. So I know a lot of people will talk about journey mapping. And if you truly do a journey map uh, the right way, that can read like a Boeing 747 manual by the, <laughs> the time you're all said and done with every single step and every single customer persona. And so one of the things that I really look at is four major touch points of what are your transactions? And I think these go both ways for both the customer experience and the employee experience. What are your transaction triggers? How do individuals figure out about your brand? How do they decide to interact with your brand? For the customers, it's do they decide to buy the product? Do they decide to buy the service? Do they decide to buy that ticket? For employees, it's do they decide to apply for that job? Do they decide that they want to come work for your company? Then it's the onboarding or the know before you go. So what is it that they need to know before that they come into contact with your brand and experience either the first day, first game, all of those steps. Then it's the main event itself. And that can obviously be broken down into a million little pieces. But then really kind of looking at what are some of the major steps within that main event? And then the last impression. Then that last impression, again is not just when you're walking out the, the gate or walking out of the office, but what do you think about down the road, a week from then, a month from then, a year from then? What are you thinking about? What is what is the moment that became a memory for you during that whole process? And so by focusing on those four areas, I think that leaves me a, a large opportunity to be able to tap into a lot of niches within those. But that's the one thing that I really want to be able to help companies think about is, You can take those four areas, and if you fix one to two things within each one, you can exponentially enhance your customer experience or your employee experience. And again, most of those can be done at a low cost or no cost. Okay, so I pulled out the best
2: tagline for you,
1: if you don't have a tagline
2: yet, in that whole conversation, which was turning moments into memories. I love it. How great is that? I mean, that's exactly what you're doing, right? Yes, And going back to what you said about the lasting experience, I forget which book it was in. They did the whole write-up on Disney. You mentioned Disney earlier. And they were saying, you know, the fireworks are always at the end. Yes. And during the day when they're surveying people, the score is kind of lower here and there. But when they talk about the end of the day and your overall experience because of those fireworks, it seems like they're mentioned a lot. And that brings the whole
1: score up, even if they had a few mishaps during the day. Yes, You think about the peak end rule, you know, like you can you're you can't be high the entire experience. You're going to be overwhelmed, right? There's going to be some low points during the experience. And that's okay because you want that so that those peak moments are peak moments. But you want to make sure that you have that peak end so that at the end of the entire experience, somebody is walking away going, that was the best time I've ever had. You know, and that can be going to work. You know, like I I had a great day with my coworker. Like we had the member mixer. Like I got an opportunity to be able to talk with this person. All of those things can be created throughout every single day of work of coming and interacting with your brand.
2: Yes. Do you have any examples besides Disney that you can share with us? It's okay if not, but if you do, I definitely want to hear about it. Who does like the really peak moment at the end really, really well besides Disney? Do you know of anybody?
1: So one of the ones that really changed my mindset on this was, again, Jesse Cole with the Savannah Bananas. So last year when they were doing their world tour, they realized that if you go to a Savannah Bananas game, they have the entire team come out and do a post-game game party on the plaza that the players are dancing they're signing autographs they've got the pep band out there like there's a post-game show that is like 30 to 45 minutes long and jesse still thought that they failed because that wasn't good enough so they have such a creative team and so they were thinking about okay what can we do one week later one week later they kept going on one week later well they came up with the song one week from the bare naked ladies and they created a parody of that song. Like, it's been one week since you've seen us play. Watch a banana nana's dance in a funny way. And they created this entire song and video that they were sending to their fans one week after they came to a game. Disney is similar. That it actually is not the fireworks. But because of the fact that they take pictures at the park, then they can send you the link a week later. And now you have those photo memories that, hey, remember this. Look at your face on that ride remember when we got to meet this princess and she interacted with us and she said this. Those are the things that create that lasting impression that it's not necessarily an event, but it is a story. It is a memento. It is something that makes you think, remember this long after you walked away from that experience. It's those moments into memories. I love it so much.
2: Moments into (laughs) memories. So, okay, two-part question for the last question here. But What's the most valuable lesson you've learned in this initial phase of launching your own agency for those marketers who are watching or listening, who are thinking about jumping in or maybe just jumped in or recently jumped in? And what advice would you give to fellow marketers who are looking to be better in the experience space? So whether it's customer experience or employee experience.
1: So I think the biggest thing that I would say is, one, be patient. And two, do not be afraid to be vulnerable. Find the individuals that you can be vulnerable with. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And I have asked for help on where do I even go to register this? What's my order of events? I mean, some of these things that you think seem easy are not always easy to figure out. But having the team of people that you can lean on is so important. And that's one of the things that I really value about the co-working space that I'm a part of. So if you are thinking about getting into a venture, like don't be afraid to ask what you think might be a, a silly question or something like that. Everybody has been there and people are not afraid to share, hey, here's how I did it. that one been one of the, my favorite things. I had so many people that have said, here's where I went wrong. I'm gonna tell you where I went wrong so you don't do the same thing. Or I've started six companies. I'll tell you, here's everything that you need to know. So that is part one of the question. And then I think, For anybody who is looking to create a better experience, just take one thing and start with one thing. I love the quote from Andy Stanley, do for one what you wish you could do for many. So if you're thinking about it from a customer's perspective, what is one thing that you could do for one customer that could change the entire outcome that could be in any of the stages? So are you reaching out and sending a personal email after they make a purchase? Are you reaching out to them and saying, hey, you know, I noticed you bought a package that have three kids tickets. So to make your experience better, here's what we've learned for a young parent that is bringing young kids to a game. And here's how to make your experience better. Here's all the things that we offer for parents with young kids. We want to make sure that you get to actually see some of the game and and enjoy it too. I think a bit of like how do you make somebody feel like a VIP and like you're personally escorting them through the experience of, hey, here's my favorite ride, here's my favorite thing at this concession stand. like help them figure out how to maximize and make the most of their experience. From an employee standpoint, some of the easy wins can be take a look at your job description. you know, is it your same boilerplate or do you convey how, fun and exciting. You know, the job itself is how great of a team that you currently have and what this person can add to it and who they're going to be joining. From an onboarding standpoint, are they giving everything that they need to to be successful on their first day? And are you creating a great first day? Are you asking them what they need to be successful in their job? And are you making sure that when they leave, they think this is a great company. I'm proud to work for them.
2: Wow. That was so many pieces of great advice. Hopefully you (laughs) were writing it down or just hit the rewind button and listen again. You've been amazing. Thank you so much. You've got my head spinning about a few different ideas. Um, but, Finally, tell everybody where they can find you. What are you working on? How do you want people to connect with you? All the good things.
1: Absolutely. Best place to find me is on LinkedIn. I have my Calendly link on my LinkedIn. So would love to have a conversation with anybody that is listening to this that wants some ideas, needs to rethink customer or employee experience. Happy to just share some insights or be able to talk to you about some projects to be able to enhance your customer and employee experience. Again, I think there's so many low cost, no cost ways to be able to do this and do it in a simple manner that every single person can be involved in it. So if I can help your organization, would love to do so. Use Twitter sparingly, but trying to, well, I guess it's X now. I, I still don't really know what to call it. Do you X it? Do you send an X? What do you actually call what you post?
2: None of us know, Katie. None of us know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so do you have Twitter, X, but the best place to find me is definitely LinkedIn.
2: Awesome. Katie, thank you so much again for being here. I cannot believe how many great pieces of advice you shared in such a short time together. Thank you again for everybody listening and watching and we'll see you next time. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Brooke. Thanks for listening. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, let your friends know about the show. I'm at Brooke Sellis on Instagram and Twitter. And for fun, make sure you tag at SM Examiner. Also, be sure to check out our other shows, the Social Media Marketing Podcast, and the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. This brings us to the end of this week's Marketing Agency Show. We'll catch you next time as we explore the adventures of marketing agency life.
1: The Marketing Agency Show is a production
2: of Social Media Examiner.